0: A lot of news this week. The vaccinated ask why the unvaccinated didn't warn them of the dangers. There was a mass shooting in Monterey Park, California. Nancy Pelosi had her home exercised. Vice President Kamala Harris leaves God out while pandering to abortionists, which is weird since Jesus said abortion is satanic. No, don't worry. We have that story. Also, Pope Francis is fine with homosexuals. That is a lot of news, and that's just the filler. We will be spending most of our time looking at the fact that America continues to give its children over to perverts, and a newly released video from Project Veritas. A whole bunch to get to, so let's get to it.
1: Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity, and we are so grateful that you're here with us. If you are new here, do not let the name fool you. Um, We are very religious, very Christian. We love our Lord, Mm -hmm. uh, but the world that we live in, and especially the country that we find ourselves in, is increasingly uh, non-religious or religionless, you could say, and that's partly where the name comes from. So we're going to do today what we Hope to do in each of our episodes, and that's kind of help you guys digest the news and understand it from a Christian perspective. Um, we do have a lot of stories to get to, so we're going to try to get to it. But before uh, we dive in, is there anything else you'd like to say?
0: I just want to thank anyone who has prayed for us to have a place to live when we move to our next duty station. We do have a home. So praise God. Thank you for your prayers.
1: Yes. Thank you very much for the prayers. If you've been praying for us, we do have a home and it's where we wanted to live. So that is a great blessing to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also with that, uh, if you would lift up a fella named William, he is one of the men that has been in and out of the jail. You know, I go up on Mondays to help lead a men's Bible study at the jail. William is uh, a great guy. Seems to love the Lord and has a knowledge about the Lord, but you know, he's got an addiction to uh, hard drugs and not very easy for him to shake. So, I just ask that you guys would pray for him that God would break these sort of bonds that hold him um, to these drugs and give him some freedom. He's in his mid 30s and struggled with it all of his life. So, Mm. um, please pray for William. Also, um, is just a praise report for any of you that have been praying. You know, we're in the military, and just this week, we finally received a letter from our Secretary of the Air Force. All COVID mandates have been removed um, officially from the Air Force, and they've even retroactively, anybody that's received punishment for vaccine refusals, that's all being removed from their records. So thank you for that. Um, You know, I guess don't stop praying about the COVID insanity as we get into these stories. Uh, It's still alive and well in America, but uh, praise God, there is some uh, light coming back in the Air Force here at least. So that has been a blessing. So before we roll into the news, let's just make sure we uh, let you guys know about Team Cardinal over at Cardinal Contingency Solutions. You guys know how much we like them and how much we encourage all of you to give them a call, reach out to them, especially those of you who may be frontline, um, you know, first, first line or frontline responders, first line responders, either one of those sounds <laughs> weird to me, but you know who you are, police, firefighters, paramedics, all that sort of stuff, reach out to them, um, They're counter messaging, um, counter exploitation, Training is vital in the world we live in where everyone's got a cell phone and everyone can be an exploiter. You know, it's very important to stay on your game and be trained up for that. But then also if you're missionaries, um, you know, you're going overseas into potentially dangerous lands, reach out to them. You know, they prepare the the most trained uh, military members in the armed forces on how to handle situations in foreign countries and keep themselves out of trouble. And they can pass that knowledge on to you and be a great value, I think. Also, we are proud members of the Christian podcast community. We have roughly 50 to 60 podcasters on there. We're actually bringing a new one on potentially this week. So we'll see how that goes. But also, we'll mention Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report here. Um, The next episode here. So we've been on with Andrew. We were on during the episode for justification as co-hosts, and we are on as co-hosts for sanctification. And this is the first of a two-part series or two-part sort of look at sanctification. So if you want to give those a listen, uh, links will be in the show notes. You can go find Christian Podcast Community uh, subscribe to it you get about 50 to 60 good christian podcasts all on one feed so it makes it really easy and of course we're there and happy to be so all right enough of the fun stuff enough of the fun banter we got that out of the way but now is the time If you've been here for a while you know that you should not be eating before you listen to this show at least the first hour Uh, For the rest of you, you're just going to have to learn on the fly. So gird your loins, steel up your soul, and prepare yourself for our weekly trek through the valley of the shadow of death. As we take a look at the news of the week. And uh, pretty interesting story here first, honey, if you want to read that headline.
0: says, They knew. Why didn't the unvaccinated do more to warn us? (laughs)
1: yeah um now this article which i can only assume is a joke uh even as you read through it, i'm pretty sure it's kind of a spoof yeah i don't even think it lists an author (laughs) or uh yeah anything to that effect but it's pretty comical uh now that more and more information is rolling out on uh, what the covid shot really was or is But it leads us to a point that we've wanted to mention for some time here uh, because me and Nikki, you know, just in parts of, you know, things that we've seen on social media and different things like that, we've been seeing really what I would consider a disheartening trend. um, And it seems to be increasing, you know, sort of as more information about COVID comes out, the sort of disheartening trend seems to increase. So you know, people on social media that we've seen, they've kind of been, you know, doing things where they call themselves sort of pure bloods of Mm -hmm. that vein, you know, we, they weren't vaccinated. So they're pure bloods and sort of, you know, pridefully lifting themselves up while mocking and ridiculing those who did get um, vaccinated. And so when we saw this article, I thought this is a pretty good time just to, to highlight this and talk about it briefly. You know, we think, uh, it should serve as a caution for Christians, you know, Mm -hmm. regardless of your, your status with the COVID shot, uh, we should always be striving to walk in love with all people, right? That should be our goal. And so I just wanted to highlight Romans chapter 12 and I grabbed verse three and verse 15. Um, so verse three teaches us for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. And then honey, if you want to read verse 15.
0: Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. And that's, that's the thing that a lot of people aren't doing. They're kind of just like this attitude, like I tried to warn you and you didn't listen. And there's so many people who regret taking it and that's not the way we need to treat them. That's not like Yeah, it's almost
1: completely opposite of yeah. this verse. It's the more they weep, the more they rejoice, yeah. which is not Christian and it's not the way we should be carrying ourselves. That doesn't steer anybody towards a faith in Christ. And right. like you said, most people got this uh, shot reluctantly. They didn't want to get it, but they got it out of fear either. Or
0: out of love because they were trying to protect... Right us or those who even call yeah, themselves bloods, you, like
1: And I would say it was maybe a confused idea of yeah. love, but even still, that was their thought process. Right. Like fear, love, maybe they were coerced by a job, mm-hmm. the military, whoever it happens to be. Um, so rather than ridiculing them and sort of pridefully lifting ourselves up, which we have no business to do, um, we're all sinners um, in need of a savior, just the same. But you know, we should be pointing them to a faith in Christ. That should be what this opens a door to, you know, but once you start mocking and ridiculing, you've closed that door and it's unlikely you're ever going to open it again.
0: Right, what an opportunity really to share the gospel in this time when people are afraid of the side effects. Um, You know, there's a lot of stories going around and and people are fearful. So they need to have the hope. They need to hear the gospel. They don't need to hear, I told you so, and be mocked. Um, they're more, more apt to listen. Um, listen to you, share the gospel. So
1: Yeah, so consider that, you know, if you find yourselves in these, um, these positions or these discussions. And then just secondly, pride is a sin. <laughs> and not only is it a sin, but it's a sin that leads to basically all other sins. So if you're being prideful, even in your, you know, whatever your vaccine status is, vaxxed or unvaxxed, if you're finding right. pride, pride in, both sides. in that, um, you're sinning and you should repent for that. So, you know, whatever your status, it doesn't change the fact that we're all sinners in need of a savior. You don't somehow become less of a sinner in less need of a savior because you got a shot or didn't. Um, we're all, you know, as the saying is, it's all level at the foot of the cross.
0: No worry. Um, God is sovereign. So yeah. it doesn't he matter. You had your Don't days fear.
1: numbered before you were even created. Yeah. So the shot didn't change that, you know, COVID didn't catch God off guard. So just keep that in mind. It's just a PSA walk in love, um, especially when people are fearful, a great opportunity to present them with the God who can take away that fear um, because that's what they need to hear. So Just a comical little article there, but I think that's important to mention. So, also this week, um, there was, as Nikki mentioned, a mass shooting in Monterey Park, California. Uh, It looks like the shooter was this fella named, uh, what is it, Hu-Can Tran? Something like that. Uh, He killed 10... I think injured 10 uh, may have been some more that came out after I had these articles pulled. Um, And then I think he ultimately took his own life. So uh, I wanted to sort of uh, uh, well, I guess in the vein of the mass shooting, I'll touch on this first, you know, depending on the stats that you see or The websites you go to, you know, it looks like mass shootings, they say, are going up in our country, you know, what they determine a mass shooting and all that sort of stuff. You know, you can do your own research and come to your own conclusions. Um, But either way, I think we can all sort of see that violence in general is going up. Mm -hmm. Hatred is growing in this country. Violence is just a byproduct of hatred most of the time. And that's going up all around the country. So I wanted to attach the second story here. Um, to this story about the mass shooting. And if you want to just read this headline, honey.
0: Pennsylvania woman sentenced to life for deliberately helping girlfriend starve her young daughters to death. Most horrific case I've ever experienced.
1: Yeah. So we're not going to read any of this article to you. I don't Um, want to. And you can read it at your own (laughs) caution. It's, uh, sad. it's horrifying. I couldn't even read through all of it myself. Uh, you know, years ago I had some desire, you know, I thought maybe being a paramedic would be a cool job. Um, but then as I started thinking about it, you know, death doesn't really bother me all that much. Um, you know, that sort of stuff, but children, I couldn't deal with seeing children abused Like if I were to walk into a situation like this with these two women or something and see a child that's near death or severely abused like this article explains, because they weren't just starved. They were severely abused. I don't know that I would have the self-control to not sin (laughs) in my retaliation against people like this. Woman, man, it wouldn't really make a difference. So I was like, paramedic is not a great uh, praise God for paramedics that I can know. just somehow do the job without letting the emotions override them. Because I'm not sure I would be strong enough. Um, but I thought these were two interesting stories to sort of tie together here, because as we've discussed numerous times on this show, and I'm sure we will discuss numerous times in the future, you know we are slipping away quickly as a nation of faith. Um, every metric you look at, our faith is dwindling in this country. And we're talking about real faith, you know, true Christian faith. Yeah. And as we continue to move away from a true faith or what the Christian faith provides, which is objective morality, as yeah. you move away from that, this sort of wickedness, uh, is only going to increase in this country. You know, that headline there that it says, it says, uh, the police that were, uh, in charge of this case that it was the most horrific case I've ever experienced. And this is a phrase I feel like I've seen quite a lot recently. You know, I don't think that this is a one-off. You see this headline and this sort of statement from police officers that have been doing this for a long time. And this statement keeps coming out that, you know, what I'm seeing now is unlike anything I've ever seen, most horrific things I've ever seen. And uh, so you could say it's a coincidence. Uh, or you could say it's increasing wickedness. Uh, I tend to not really give too much credence to coincidence. So I think it's increasing wickedness. And again, as our Christian faith wanes in this country and what it's replaced with is just sort of this self-idolatry, materialism, atheism, nihilism, whatever you want to call it. I think wickedness is increased right along with it. They go hand in hand. Yeah, Um, it's
0: obvious to see, make that connection there.
1: So I just think with looking at these two stories, and again, we're not going to go terribly in deep, but I think what they should say to us in light of what they represent, the wickedness that increases is, if you have lacked confidence in your life, as we all have at times, none of us probably have the confidence we should have in our faith, But if you've lacked confidence to share the gospel and stand for the truth of scripture, boy, we pray that you would find that courage um, today. And we ask that you would pray to have that courage because there's nothing that this country needs more than a return to a faith in Jesus Christ. Like politicians, you know, money, reparations, none of that stuff is going to fix what ails this nation. Um, Only a holy spirit regenerated heart in <laughs> a vast majority of people can fix what's going on in this country. You know, if we can give people more in their tax returns, we can stuff yeah. another smartphone in their face and new shows on Netflix, none of it solves what's happening in this country. Only the holy spirit moving in our hearts uh, and on this nation is going to fix it. So boy, if yeah. you've been hesitant in the past to just wear your faith, you know, loud and proud, I would encourage you to do so because people need to hear it. Um,
0: I know you just hear this, even just one story. I'm just like, Jesus, please come back.
1: (laughs) Right. And pray that, (laughs) pray that the Lord would come back again. I think we've talked about that recently. I feel like that's a sentiment in American society that has been lost that we don't maybe necessarily desire the lord to come back as we should. You know, because we have plans. We've got, you know, my vacations and these sort of, instead of being like come lord right come now, judge. stop our podcast and yeah. just come here, judge the wicked, reward the righteous.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't want Jesus to delay because, you know, that mindset and we talked with the kids. Like we even used to think that like oh, I don't want Jesus to return yet cuz I want to experience this in life. You know, I want a chance to get married and, you know, just life. But now I'm like, who cares about what I want? Like, Jesus, come and judge the wickedness. Like, I want that more than I want anything in this world for myself.
1: Yeah. And I think too, you know, we're told that we're citizens of another land of a kingdom that is not of this earth. And I think the problem is we don't believe that as we should, you know, and I think if we truly understood our heavenly citizenship, that's where we would long to be. You know, we would desire the Lord to come back and take us home to where we belong. And, you know, you just can't help but see that we're living in a Romans one culture. I mean, it seems so evident. And I'm not saying that this is the most evident that it's ever been, but in my lifetime, boy, you know, you just read, I've got Romans chapter one, verse 28 through 32 here. If you want to read it, honey, and just, is this not what we're living in?
0: And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Mm. I mean, that's a long list.
1: That's a long list. And I feel like you just go through it and you go, yep, 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 yep. yep," All the way through it. Um, Even down to the end, give approval to those who practice them. And that's going to lead us right into our next story. That's
0: where we're at. The approval. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're all the way (laughs) to the the list here. Uh, But yeah, that takes us into our next story here. uh, If you want to read this headline.
0: Kamala Harris omitting Life from Declaration Rights Speech Sparks Debate.
1: Yep. So, uh, Vice President Harris, she delivered a speech in Tallahassee, Florida on Sunday to mark the 50th anniversary of Roe v.ersus Wade, you know, the Supreme Court case that for decades granted abortion rights across America. Boy, does that not sound like giving approval to those who practice this depraved <laughs> yeah, living? Exactly. You know, what better celebration than the murder of so many innocent children? You know, and just again, think how disgusting that is to go and hold a celebration and have our second highest public servant, <laughs> leader in this nation, to go there to hold hand in hand in celebration of all the murder and all the lives ruined. You know, around what, 70 million, I think. And I pulled up some stats here and I put this on Twitter today. You know, Joseph Stalin, I think they, you know, the numbers vary, but they accredit roughly 40 million deaths to his sort of brutality in the early 1900s. Uh, Adolf Hitler, you know, is accredited with 6 million Jews murdered. Chairman Mao, even. Uh, 50 to 60 million deaths that they count towards his brutality. But why no parades for them in this country? What's so bad about those guys? You know, we have in our country, American uh, liberalism, which is really aided by feminism that promotes abortion, like this great rally here, to the tune of 70 million. I mean, Chairman Mao is looking at us, figuring out how we did it. And yet we're having parades, having rallies with our highest leaders to come and talk about all the great times we had butchering those babies. I mean, if that's not Romans 1 giving approval to those who practice such wickedness, I mean, it'd be hard to find it.
0: And the pride, everything, like, people are just proud of the wickedness.
1: Yeah, Yeah. like, think how insane it would be. If the Senate majority leader went to a rally talking about the great works of Joseph Stalin and Chairman Mao and how great they were for the world, you'd go, are you nuts? These people were barbarians, murderers. Well, neither one of them accounts for as many deaths and lives probably ruined as our abortion industry just in this country. And these same people go and promote abortion all around the world right? I mean, it's lunacy. But that's not (laughs) the worst part of it, right? Uh, Well, that is the worst part. It doesn't get worse than that. But another bad part, just to add on top of it. During the speech, uh, Vice President Harris said, America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty, not for some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence That we are each endowed with the right to liberty in the pursuit of happiness, Harris said. These rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. Boy, isn't that uplifting to have a real constitutional scholar reach back into the annals of American history and tell us what the founding was like. It's just uplifting. But two very important words uh, she chose to leave out of her speech here. And those happen to be life, as in the promise of life, liberty in the pursuit of happiness. We weren't just promised liberty in the pursuit of happiness, but also life. And uh, also that we were endowed by our creator. We weren't just generically endowed. We were endowed (laughs) by a creator. Um, So those were both left out. Yeah. So at a rally of abortion (sighs) advocates... Our vice president chose to leave out the words life and creator. Why would she choose to leave those words out? Hmm. And I would say it's because you can't make satanic Democrat Party values line up with the founding of this nation. They simply do not mix. So you have to twist and distort, remove and alter in order to fit modern Democrat Party values in with the historical values that founded this nation. Uh, Just insane that somebody would go there and leave those out. Yeah, that's
0: really crazy.
1: Yeah. Does she not know that her boss is a proud, active Catholic that (laughs) even preaches at Baptist churches on Sunday mornings? (laughs) What would he say to such a thing? Surely. President Biden would have words to say about her leaving out life and creator. Of course he wouldn't because he feels just the same, right? But it's insane because the founding of this nation was explicitly built on Christian principles and on a Christian understanding of life and our relation to the creator. So what you would do in that case is you would purposefully leave out that which would prick the conscience the idea of life and a creator. You leave those out because you don't want people to wake up. So we have a president now um, and a vice president that will rewrite the declaration in the constitution just on the fly in real time to appease those whose, you could say, bloodlust for Malik worship must be satiated (laughs) if you really hope to garner their votes. And that's what they're doing here. We want the pro-abortion vote. Think about that. What's your political platform? Well, we're really going for the Moloch worshipers. Uh, That's first and foremost. Then we're going to grab the race baiters. Uh, That's going to be the second underpinning. Uh, And then we'll get people that don't even belong here. (laughs) We'll make that a nice solid core. And then all the people that want to gender transition your children and pervert them sexually. The four pillars of modern liberalism. Um, And that's why we say it's satanic. And that's why we're living in Romans 1, folks, because they will purposefully uphold and promote that which is so debased and depraved.
0: This is why people don't want, people like me, I don't want to watch or read the news. It is so depressing, so evil. Like, you know, you go through your, your opening Gird your loins. I'm like, I am the one probably who hates it the most. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just want to, sh- I just shake my head. I'm like, I'm just speechless on so much of this. I'm just like, what is there to say? Like, everybody's thinking it.
1: I know. Just- I will be your guys' as David. The news is Goliath. <laughs> and everyone should be rightfully afraid of going to fight Goliath. But maybe the Lord has given me. No, he hasn't. Because it riles me up just as well. But I think it's important. I'm joking, obviously, about being David uh, and Goliath. But man, I mean, how do you get on your knees and pray? How do you, you know, instruct your children and train them in the way they should go if you don't realize the world that you're sending them into? You need to
0: warn them of what the world is like. Well, these people are
1: professional propagandists, you know, and they the news is going to spin it and they're going to spend millions of dollars to tell you why this is great and this is freedom and this is true liberty and happiness and abortion is healthcare and all this sort of nonsense and if someone's not there to go oh yeah cool yeah well let's look in the bible what does the bible say about this oh it says that you know god knit you together in your mother's womb so then why is it your right to murder that child in the womb uh, are you god of course not right so It is disgusting, Um, but I think it's important to realize the world we're going into, which is why we tell you not to watch the news. Just listen to our podcast and then go love your children, you know, splash around in the the ocean, ski down a mountain and have fun. And then just come back here on Saturday, get caught up and uh, go back to living a good life. It
0: is different. Like this is the generation where we need to be the helicopter parents. We had so much more to be aware of to protect them from. Like, it's harder. It is harder in our generation to raise kids because we didn't have, me and Spencer didn't have social media growing up. Like, we didn't, we weren't fed propaganda like it's going on today. And this is, like, number one reason. Homeschool your kids. I don't know. Yeah. I can't, I can't say it enough. It's just.
1: No, that's why we say homeschooling is the revolution, not just to homeschool your kids. I think it fixes so much in our culture. If you homeschool, you get your, you know, your wife out of the workforce, let her raise children the way God designed her to that way. If half the you know, country isn't working, prices are going to come down. You know, you're going to be able to train your children in the way they should go following scripture You're going to shield them from so much of the propaganda and the perversion that's out there in the world. I mean, that's the way that you're going to build up the next generation. Um,
0: Build the family back up.
1: Yeah, like you don't win a war when all your troops are being decimated and you just continue to plow ahead and fight. No, a strategic retreat is valuable. You pull your troops back, you gather yourselves together, you reconvene, make a plan and then you press forward again. You it don't just a- sit out there and get butchered in the field and go, you never surrender. Yeah, you do. Tactical surrender makes a lot of sense. And right now, tactically surrendering, pulling your kids well, out.
0: Right. Cause you're, it's a spiritual battle, really. So they're not ready for the world. They're not ready for what the world's throwing at them. Most adults don't know how to handle it. And
1: no, I've. I believe humans are not designed to be able to handle what's thrown at us every day. And I think social media is specifically designed for that purpose to overwhelm us. That's
0: why so many are depressed. Yes. Yeah, I'm
1: so depressed, so angry all the time, because we aren't made to just soak in the world's problems every day. It's too much right. for us. Um, yeah. You know, this isn't the 1940s where you pulled open your local newspaper and read a couple articles about, oh, they're building a new pool downtown. Isn't that something? No, you open the news now and it's mass shooting here, kids being perverted there. Oh, there's UFOs now. And it's just you know, a war on our nuclear minds. you war, and you're like, <laughs> why get out of bed? You know? So I do think it's too much, but just a quick mention here to Romans 13. I want to tie in with looking at this because these people that are in the positions of authority, um, the Vice President Harris's, the President Biden's, and these people, and you've, whatever, you can go on to the other side of the aisle. We've said forever. The Republican Party stinks, the Democrat Party satanic. That's the world we live in right now. But they're not the avengers who carry out God's wrath on the wrongdoers. They, these people are the ones who capitulate to the wrongdoers. They look to curry favor with the wrongdoers. In many instances, they're the wrongdoers themselves. You know, so how do you handle proper submission to governments that are run by the wrongdoers that are capitulating to the wrongdoers. Um, You know, Christians don't riot, and we'll talk about this at the end of the show, but I mean, you certainly don't just sit down and take it, especially in a nation where we have rights. I think that's the biggest problem. We're not exercising our rights. You know, we did an episode a while ago that in this country, the constitution is Caesar. It's not an elected official. An elected official is subject to the Constitution, just the same as we are. Um, So just because, you know, a president, a governor, whoever says something, if it's not actually lawful, I mean, again, you're still respectful, but we have rights given to us. So why we don't exercise? I mean, we just saw this during COVID. We were talking to our kids about it today. No church in this country needed to shut down not a single church in this country needed to shut down and if they didn't they weren't violating Romans 13 they have a religious freedom right given to them by the constitution not a politician so they didn't need to shut their doors and yet they just capitulated to the wrongdoers oh the most righteous thing i can do is let a wrongdoer and evil person tell me how to operate my you know faith based organization it's lunacy Um, so, you know, I would say not to say that we're not supposed to listen to our rulers and our leaders and they're still put over us and all of that sort of stuff, but only in so far as they actually adhere to the rules that we're all supposed to be governed by. Like they don't just come in and wholesale flush the constitution and our rights go away. We, I think we need to remember that we're citizens of this country that adheres to the constitution before we're just subjects of some you know noble class that gets to rule over us and we have no say that's not the country we live in and thankfully we don't but we just need to wake up to that fact so um and then also cuz Nikki mentioned it in the uh the opener here just in case you thought we were off base in our discussion about moloch worship the satanic democrat party um that is not true. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> we have the article. Jesus called abortion satanic. Uh, boldly proclaimed it this week that abortion was satanic. Well, at least the actor who plays Jesus on The Chosen, <laughs> Jonathan Rumi, I believe is his name. He was at the uh, counter, I guess. Rally, the March for Life rally, and he boldly proclaimed that abortion is satanic. And I'm glad he did. Glad that he spoke out about it, had the spine to actually speak about it. And I think it perfectly sort of juxtaposes uh, with our next story this actor's bold stance against a man who really should be having a bold stance. Against issues like this, but instead, really seems to kind of bend his knee to the spirit of the age. So, do you want to read this headline?
0: The AP interview: Pope says homosexuality not a crime.
1: Pope says it's not a crime. Pope says. And uh, <laughs> in this article, Pope Francis goes on and he says, "We are all children of God, and God loves us as we are." and for the strength that each of us fights for our dignity. Now, um, (laughs) to be clear, uh, he does go on to say that homosexuality is a sin. He makes that point. But sadly, I believe that this is just, it's more evidence, I think, of what we could consider supposed like Christian or even Catholic leaders are these men without the spine to actually stand for the truth? And I think that's what this is evidence in, you know, because he makes the claim homosexuality is not a sin. God loves you just as you are. Never mind that just as you are, God's going to send you to hell unless you're found in Christ. And if Christ calls you and you're found in Christ, you're going to leave those sinful lifestyles behind. I don't see that spoken of um, very eloquently in this article, but... You know, C.S. Lewis, I guess years ago, he wrote a book called The Abolition of Man. And in there, he describes, there's a quote in there where he describes men without chests is a very famous line from C.S. Lewis. And he's really in there kind of highlighting that he saw society was creating men without heart, basically. That was kind of his point with men without chest. And I feel like we can see that in our modern religion, that it's creating men without spines. And I feel like that's what we're seeing with Pope Francis here. And, you know, not just him, but all of our spiritual leaders.
0: Almost you, all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not,
1: obviously there's yeah. going to be outliers and, you know, we'd love to hear if you got a strong pastor, spiritual leader that's making these stands. We'd love to hear about them. Um, we asked for you know, sermon recommendations all the time. If you have one, please let us know. Leave it in the comments or, you know, find us on social media. We'd love to hear from you guys on that stuff. But, you know, we've done articles on here about Hillsong's leadership. You know, that's the biggest church in the world, I think, Hillsong, as far as overall reach and stuff. We've talked about the Southern Baptist Convention's leadership. And where are any of them really projecting strength? You know, where are any of these leaders projecting like a strong adherence to God's commands? You don't see it. At least we don't. Instead, what you seem to see is them kind of projecting weakness. They're really capitulating to the spirit of the age, you know, and I think the problem with that is when these leaders, you know, capitulate, that sort of breeds weaker subordinates, um, who then go on to lead mm-hmm. weaker flocks. Yep. And then you look around and you wonder why we're in the situation we're in in this nation. It's because spiritual leaders have lost their backbone. And we don't see that in scripture. We see the founders of our faith have incredible strength to yeah. stand for the truth of God's word. Whether people are rejoicing over them, whether they're, you know, cursing at them, beating them, whatever it was. Yeah. The truth is what they stood for. And I just think we need to recommit ourselves to that, to following in Christ's footsteps. And I mean, you can do all of that while still loving people, being compassionate towards people, and still be, you know, staunchly making no room for sin and rebellion against God. Because I think you could have answered this question, I think, like Pope, and I'll give him a little bit of grace that I wasn't sitting there under the APs, you know, lights and cameras and being questioned or questioned like that. But, you know, you could answer a question like, hey, should homosexuality be a crime? And you say, well, listen, first and foremost, homosexuality is a sin and it's a sin that will separate you from God for eternity. It is
0: a crime against God. It's breaking God's law. Right, and
1: you could go that path and then say all of that up front and say, but with that being said, you know, as far as a nation and its laws and punishing people simply on their sexual preference, no, I don't think it should be a crime. But then again, let me make clear, it is a sin that will send you to hell if it's not repented of and let go of.
0: Always take the opportunity to preach the gospel. Like that would be the
1: strong loving yeah. spiritual stance and even tied it. Hey, no different than if you're given in to drunkenness, to, uh, you know, anger and all these other different sins, they're all the same and they need to be let go of. So should we make, you know, we've tried laws in the past where we outlawed alcohol. How'd it go for us? Terrible. Right? So maybe that's not the right mode, but we should still be letting people know that a lifestyle of drunkenness you know, the Bible tells us that is a lifestyle that will separate you from the kingdom of God. You know, but that's what we need from these spiritual leaders. So then your underlings and the pastors and people under you can go, hey, I'm just standing on what the Pope said. Instead of, well, that's, well, this is a tough question. How do I answer it? Let's look to the Pope. Oh, he caved immediately. <laughs> Great. You know, and like now they're left picking up the pieces for you. I just think it's shameful. And I think, just for us, you know, until we have leaders that have a spine, until we have men with chests again, you need to start being the the person with a spine. You need to be the one that stands for the truth, um, staunchly, lovingly, compassionately, but still unyielding. You know, when these questions come up, wherever it's at, you make the pitch that man, this is a sin and it separates you from God. Now, you want to talk about laws. Let's talk about laws, but let's make clear first that this is a sin that needs to be repented of and not a lifestyle that's just acceptable um, because it's 2023. Time doesn't change. You know, God's word, it is unchangeable. So that Mm -hmm. is what needs to be said first. So, yep, yeah, I think, you know, you either need to be a person who the Bible is your standard or you're going to be a person that really has no standards. And then you just, whatever the cultural whims are, You know, you try to kind of Christianize it, but it's always weak and half-hearted and doesn't really have any teeth. So, uh, let 2023 be the year that spiritual leaders regained a spine for all things. (laughs) They have uh, men who regrew their heart. Holy Spirit turned it from stone to flesh.
0: Let's pray that. And it
1: grew. So... Before we move on to our last two news stories here, I do want to get in one more plug here that I think is vital and something we touched on earlier. Coming up here in March, there is the Homegrown Generation uh, Online Family Expo. It's kind of a, you know, online conference. They're going to have a dozen or so speakers talking about all things homeschool. You know, it's being led by one of the Christian podcast communities podcast, the schoolhouse rocked podcast. And, uh, I believe it's only $35. We'll have links in the show notes. Those are affiliate links. If you sign up using our link, you know, we'll get a little commission, but it won't cost you anything else, um, or any additional money, but we just, man, we really encourage you. We think homeschooling, that is how we rebirth this nation. We get you can't keep sending your kids to you know, Satan's indoctrination camp and think that they're going to turn out as warriors for Christ. You're just you're fighting an uphill battle. It's time for a tactical retreat. <laughs> Regather our troops, catch yeah. our breath, re-firm up our foundation, and then we can send our children back out into the world. Um, so I would encourage you, go check out the links in the show notes. And I think what's cool, too, is if you sign up, for this one, I think it's—I said—thirty-five bucks, and you also get all of the uh, expo um, discussions from 2020 as well. And I think they had like Kevin Sorbo and uh, they had Kirk Cameron and stuff like that back in 2020. So some bigger name people talking about homeschool and Christian faith. Um, so if you're unsure about it, just go check it out. And I think you get lifetime access to these as well. So it's not like you have to sit down over the course of these, you know, whatever, four days or three days that this conference is going on and ah, just sign up for it and you have access to it whenever you want to get to it. Um, And then also, more importantly, you're putting your money where your beliefs are, which I think is very important. Supporting people that are actually getting out in the world and trying to affect that change, I think is very important. You know, again, you can't keep sending all your money to Netflix and Disney and then going, why is everyone getting socially contagioned into a, you know, Sexually immoral lifestyle. Well, because you're giving all your money to them. Give your money, you know, plant that seed and something that's going to grow good fruit. So that's all we have to say about that. But all right, we do have two more stories here to get to on our news before we roll into our Bible topic. And do you want to just read this first headline, honey?
0: DoD schools push Marxist indoctrination woke social engineering, teachers say.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And in this article, again, all the articles, everything will be linked. You guys can go find those. Uh, It states, according to the teachers, in in recent years, the DOD EA, which I think is like education activity, uh, has changed through its hiring, classroom curriculum, and library book selection. As a result, the teacher stated they they were interviewing a teacher or one or two teachers, I think. Yeah. But the teacher stated that left-leaning politics have become overt in the school system. So even in DOD schools, and it goes on in there to say there were things all over the hallways, Black Lives Matter, putting up political posters, things like that, dealing with the LGBTQ uh, plus kind of narratives, transgender narratives and all those kinds of things he says that in all honesty, don't, have any, don't necessarily have a place around minor children. And blatantly, they were doing this with no backlash or repercussions, the teacher said. So these are DOD schools. Um, do you want to read this next headline? We're kind of lumping these stories together the same as we did um, earlier with the wickedness increasing.
0: Left-wing drama teacher at Georgia High School charged with sexual exploitation of children.
1: Yes, just piling on here. So in this article, (laughs) it says a liberal bisexual drama teacher at a Georgia high school was charged last week with two counts of sexual exploitation of children. In addition to sexual exploitation of children, Uh, this teacher's name was something dendy, has reportedly been charged with three counts of computer pornography, three counts of improper contact by a teacher, and identity fraud using identity information of a minor over whom he exercised custodial authority. Man, those are two pretty awful stories.
0: I just don't know. Like, just looking back, like, Kobe had a teacher... Um, yeah, on base, elementary school. I don't know if it was like fourth grade. Um, he was gay, openly gay. He had his rainbow bracelet he wore. You know, we talked with Kobe about it and he was a nice teacher. And I just thank God. Yeah, he's, was like a good teacher, I guess. I don't know. Never heard of anything crazy happening, but now looking back and I'm like, man, like, I regret not taking a stand then. Like, knowing what we know now and right, just saying, no, not sending my kid to a school. You know, it sounds harsh, but it's like, they're openly, they're open about being, I mean, it's evil. Let's just say it.
1: It is. And even just about a simple it, wearing a bracelet is yeah, intended pride. to tell people who you are. You're at
0: an elementary school for one and you're, you're well, teaching the kids that and this it's also is normal. it's to realize
1: and... that this stuff didn't just happen or start happening in 2023. So they've probably been doing this at some level. I mean, forever, right? This isn't, and it's not even necessarily confined just to, um, the LGBTQ community, you know, people are perverts. You know? and so But it just seems to be increasing and we see more and more of this coming out. So it is something we should have recognized. And um, yeah. I wish we would have at the time, but it did give us a chance to have discussions with our children. But it could have been something yeah. where you said, hey, man, if you're going to be openly flaunting your sexually immoral lifestyle, you're not going to be doing it like in front of my children. These
0: kids, they're too young to even have conversations about sex or relationships. So why wear something that, you know, a bracelet that strikes conversation where you're letting, do you, are you trying to let the teachers know? Are you making a stand or you want the kids to know because you want to have that conversation with your third and fourth graders?
1: Well, that's it's, what we're finding out. Odd. They, in fact, very much do want they to have that do. conversation with Ugh. your third and fourth grader. So we do have two more stories to attach to this topic, though, before we're done. So do you want to read this next headline or do you want me to read it?
0: Um. Yeah, you read that.
1: All right. So Nikki does not like this story, and I don't either, but I think it's worth attaching here. It says, choreographed sexual assaults. Former students accuse high school drama teacher of forcing them to simulate sex, engage in open mouth kissing for her own perverse ends. And then it goes on in this story to say, former students of a high school in Austin, Texas, as part of a lawsuit filed in a state district court last week, have accused a longtime drama teacher of forcing them to simulate sex and engage in open mouth kissing while they attended Bowie High School, uh, this news uh, agency reported. So you lump all those three stories together, right? We've got DOD schools, we've got public schools now. And, you know, we heard stories this week of daycares that were even sort of pushing this gender ideology to their daycare kids, you know, talking to them about non-binary and all gender fluidity and all this sort of stuff. Um, But we have one last headline we want to throw in here just to kind of tie these all together. So do you want to read this headline, honey?
0: No, but I can. Gay couple accused of raping sons, filming abuse, used Christian adoption agency.
1: Yep. You guys may have heard about this story. So uh, the article goes on to say a now defunct Christian adoption agency was reportedly used by a same-sex couple in Georgia who were arrested last August on charges of allegedly sexually abusing their two adopted sons and filming the abuse to upload and share on the internet. So, just this adoption agency, as far as this story is concerned, was called All God's Children, (laughs) a Christian adoption agency uh, that knew the couple that was looking to adopt these boys were homosexuals they knew that when they adopted when they gave these two kids to them in adoption
0: and these kids they came from a the agency was um for special needs
1: yeah i think that's just even more salt in the wounds i believe these were special needs children that's why
0: they're called all god's children um
1: yep so here's the big problem (laughs) as far as we see it um And I'm really only speaking to Christians here, you know, non-Christians, they should know better, but again, we can't expect much of them. We can't expect them to their, you know, if their heart hasn't been turned, their eyes haven't been opened, you know, um, we can try to enlighten them, but I'm really speaking to Christians here. Uh, We should stop (laughs) accepting placing people in charge of our children that are comfortable discussing gender Sexual identity or alternative sexual lifestyles with our children. We should stop that immediately. Um, we put these people in charge of our children at schools, daycares, all this sort of stuff, and then pretend to be surprised when stuff like this in these news articles happen. You know, that they sexually exploited my child, this bisexual teacher, um, you know, these teachers that are pushing their, you know, rainbow jihad on these kids, talking about gender ideology. And then we get surprised. I can't believe that my purple haired, you know, gender transitioned 26 year old teacher that has pride flags and BLM flags in her classroom was secretly telling my daughter, you know, why are you surprised? You know, can we quit feigning to be surprised about this? Because a person that's willing to discuss this stuff with children, and I would consider everyone below eighteen <laughs> if you're discussing this stuff, although even in my opinion, you know, the older I get, the older the age of adulthood seems to me. <laughs> you know, if you're talking all this to someone less than twenty, I think it's gross. Um, but yeah. less than eighteen is a child. If they're talking about these sorts of things with your under eighteen kid, especially your elementary kid, they're perverts. <laughs> they are perverts. So stop sending your children to a building to spend eight hours a day with perverts and then pretending to be surprised when your child is sexually exploited. You're just kidding yourself. That's the most likely thing to be, to happen. I was thinking about this, reading these stories, like what if the story came out that it was just a male teacher, you know, in charge of a fifth or sixth grade class, you know, what are those kids, 11, 12 years old or something. Just a male teacher. And what if the story came out that with your 11 and 12 year old kids, your daughters, he was telling them, you know, talking to them about, you know, thongs and, you know, wearing, you know, maybe thongs or how to pad their bras to make them look a little more sensual and putting lipstick on and how to do their hair and how to, you know, different jeans that make, if they were telling them this stuff, you would be like, this guy is, clearly a pervert. This is nuts, but it's no different than talking about to a fourth grader about sleeping with someone of the same sex as them and how that's normal. And maybe you're a boy and maybe you, you know, this is all the same level of perversion. We just don't call it that because I don't know why we don't like to, we've been conditioned to think that somehow one level of perversion is acceptable, but the other one isn't. But if you came home and you're 11-year-old daughter was like, oh, Mr. So-and-so was telling me about how to dress and look like, you know, a Kardashian today. You'd be like, what did he say? And What class did yeah. this fool in? Yeah. Like, you'd be upset. But instead, you take him to drop him off at school with the purple-haired, you know, butch gender transition pride flag promoting teacher. And you're like, I hope she's good at math. I know, right? Yeah. Like, <sighs> No, man, get your kid home. Love them enough to protect them.
0: Why do we put, you know, this education above morality? Like, why do we care about worldly things more than spiritual concerning our children? I can't
1: understand it. It's not even like they're being taught. And this is another argument. Every year, our school system gets worse. (laughs) Our kids aren't learning great in public school. So what's the fear of bringing them home? They're not going to be perverted and they may still not be educated great in arithmetic. Well, they're not being educated great in arithmetic now and they're being perverted. So what's the loss there? Um, It just, it's crazy. But I think the same thing goes, you know, attaching this adoption agency story here. You know, you send these children off, God's children, as they called them. You send them off to live with people who are identifying themselves to you as given over to sexual perversion. Again, you're a Christian agency, so you would recognize homosexuality as a sexual perversion and a sinful lifestyle. And they're identifying themselves to you that way. So if that's the case, again, you should not be surprised when that perversion extends itself to the children that you're putting in their care. Like they've already explained I'm given over to sexual perversion. And then you go, but I didn't think he'd go that far with it. Why? They're already <laughs> explaining it to you.
0: It's like what they're openly admitting to, like, don't assume that's the extent. It's like, there's more that they're holding back and not speaking on. They're, everybody has secrets. Everybody has things they're not willing to bring out in the open. So if it's that far, it's further.
1: Right, and again, we're speaking to Christians. Um, and it doesn't mean also that a heterosexual couple wouldn't give over and exploit a child like this. They do, of course they do, they're sinners. But like, if they are identifying themselves to you as given over to a perversion, that should be a red flag. Like, if someone came up to me and said, hey man, I really struggle with, I don't know, gambling on football i just can't stop gambling and then they came and went man i bet on the basketball game last night and lost a bunch and you went what you bet on basketball i thought you only bet on football no dude he's a gambler that's what they do right like you wouldn't be that shocked so but why are we feigning to be shocked here it just it's crazy um you can't be shocked (laughs) when people who identify by sexual immorality, give over to greater immorality. Um, and I would say in this case, you're with consenting. this,
0: consenting. You're just consenting. They're letting you know. And you're like, okay, here's my child.
1: Right. And much the same as we saw churches closed their door when the government told them to, these Christian adoption agencies are capitulating to the government who demands, you no, know, you can't look at any of that stuff. You just give them t- to the people because we tell you to give them to them. And you're like, okay, good enough. Does that keep our doors open? People just don't like
0: to draw attention to themselves in that way for some reason.
1: Yeah. They don't want to be the
0: person to rock the boat or be called names, you know?
1: Yeah. It's without a spine, right? Men without a spine. If you had a spine, you'd take a stand and, This has nothing to do with the fact that, and we would agree with the adoption systems in this country need to be fixed. Um, Same goes for the foster care system. Those desperately need to be fixed in this country. Uh, I think we might've even mentioned on here before, Nikki and I called and we were reaching out to be live-in foster parents. There's a community close to us where you move into the homes that they provide and they just bring foster kids to you. Um, a lot at a time, and we. Well, because they want to
0: keep the siblings together. That's why.
1: Right. So you may have you know three, four at a time, like cycling through, and we called, but they wouldn't even allow us to do it because we have too many of our own children. So like things like that can be fixed, you know. Like we're volunteering. Hey, we want to help these foster kids. Nah, you can't.
0: They always have signs out like. Yeah, that they're they need desperately needing more people. people to live
1: in there, and then when we call, they go, "Nah, red tape." <laughs> sorry, bureaucracy says you can't. So things need to be fixed. Of course they do. Um, But that doesn't alleviate us from using some Christian discernment, some of that Holy Spirit discernment and not placing people around predators, you know, that doesn't stop us from doing that. So again, this kind of ties back into uh, having a spine, you know, us as family members, with our children being like, I'm not going to send my kid to a school with somebody who's openly promoting a sinful lifestyle, like mm-hmm. blatantly in my face. Of course, we're all sinners, but when it's your identity and it's right out in my face, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. I'm not going to send children to go live with people who are identifying by a sexual perversion. Um, and if other non-Christian adoption agencies want to do that, that's their prerogative. But I'm claiming to be a Christian adoption What's the point of being Christian adoption agencies if you don't stand on Christian values? Is it just a marketing ploy?
0: Yeah, what's I the mean, point? What's the You're point sending these kids off to live with the devil. You're doing nothing helpful at all.
1: It doesn't make any sense. But we have one last story to touch on here in our news section. Um, and it was just released this week by Project Veritas, as Nikki mentioned. And, you know, if you're in, you know, the journalism world, I mean, maybe I don't know how big these guys are anymore, but like Woodward and Bernstein used to be like the gold standard of sort of investigative journalism when they kind of broke the Watergate story, you know, for the layman's like me and Nikki, Woodward and Bernstein, those were the names. Well, Project Veritas is like... They break Watergate level stories every time they release a video. Um, Unfortunately, they're never going to get credit from the mainstream media because usually they're exposing the satanic left in this country, and the mainstream media is right in bed with the satanic left, so they never get recognition, but they always expose something that's horrifying and eye opening. And this video was no different. So, this video comes by way of Pfizer's. Director of Research and Development. So pretty high up the chain in Pfizer's um, company and their sort of hierarchy there. And this was a gentleman named Jordan Walker. And in this video, uh, he divulges a lot of information. And we're gonna highly recommend you go give it a listen. It'll be linked in the show notes, of course. You guys can find it there. Uh, We're just gonna go through a couple of the clips that they play early. So they they kind of play some highlights right to start the, the video. And then throughout the video, they sort of fill in the rest of it around those highlights. Mm-hmm. So they kind of talk about the same thing, multiple points, but we're just going to play the stuff kind of early on and then discuss it. So do you have anything to say before we roll into the clips on this project Veritas? Nope. nope. All right, let's get to this first clip. Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone not tell. You got to promise you don't tell We're exploring, like, not, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can pro- <laughs> pro- create uncivially developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. We have to be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't so create something that, like, you know, goes everywhere something crazy is the way that the virus started it moved on. to be honest like it's it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere man. like yeah i know meet jordan tristan yeah so <laughs> there's a lot there he was fast talking probably drunk i'd imagine uh, but there's a lot in this clip and it may have been hard to hear uh
0: yeah he wasn't it wasn't very clear when he was speaking
1: yeah they do have subtitles if you're watching it so it's easier mm-hmm. to see but The gentleman kind of explains in here that Pfizer is trying to decide if they want to work on mutating COVID themselves so they can work on developing vaccines to those mutations. And then later in the clip, he explains that they would have to be careful because (laughs) no one wants basically what happened in Wuhan to happen again. And basically no one would be happy with a pharmaceutical company mutating viruses Uh, and then he even kind of goes on in there and explains that he believes that kind of the lab leak theory of they were doing gain of function research in Wuhan and it leaked out of the lab, it infected the world. (laughs) And he basically explains as a high ranking member of Pfizer's company that, yeah, I mean, that kind of just makes sense, right? That's probably what happened, which of course I'm certain he knows that's what happened, but pretty interesting. And again, I think (laughs) as far as what Project Veritas does, this is wild to get this. Like when you watch this video, me and Nikki were having a discussion like, why is he talking to this guy this way? Like, were they on a date? That's That's what it looks like from the video. It looks like they're on a date and it's a guy maybe interviewing. So maybe this guy's a homosexual and he's got him a little bit drunk and he's just kind of letting it all go. I don't know, well, but it's it very bizarre because every time you see one of these Project Veritas, you're like, how does this dude not know that he shouldn't be talking about this in public? But he's just spilling it all. Or maybe he's desperate to get it off his chest. Hopefully that's the case. But, um, yeah. you know, I'm guessing that if he's talking about this sort of stuff, you know, mutating it, it's because they're probably already doing it. I would assume.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: They're probably already working on mutating these viruses and they've probably been doing it for some time. And again, this is the director of research and development. I'm sure he's intimately involved in what they're doing there. Um, And, you know, you may not even at this point, listen to this guy, feel very confident that they didn't already mutate it at some level. When things like the Delta variant and Omicron variant came out, you know, now you I think are rightfully to be like, did Pfizer play a part in this? Who was messing with this virus to cause it to mutate so rapidly? I think it's a valid question at this point um, when all this stuff started coming out. And then uh, again, pretty high ranking employee at Pfizer claims that the COVID virus leaked from a lab. (laughs) So that's pretty interesting considering basically every politician in our country and around the world, Pfizer, all these corporations have been basically telling us that's nonsense since the very inception of COVID. But he's basically proven to you that, yeah, you know, what we've been telling you guys all this time is just a lie, right? We've just been all for show, propaganda purposes. And this really goes back to something Nikki and I have told you guys from the very beginning of our podcast. If these politicians are talking to you, you have to assume they're lying to you. If the mainstream media is telling you something, you have to assume it's a lie until you can do your own research. And this gentleman, I think, makes a perfect point of that. I mean, COVID had to have leaked from a lab. Why weren't you saying that a year and a half ago? You couldn't have done a press conference? And put everybody at ease, or you know, started getting some real questions answered. No no no. We had a narrative, don't you know?
0: Oh yeah. yeah, we
1: figured. I mean, well, of course. Yeah. We all knew, but it's a whole different level when you know it, and then when someone comes out and goes, "Yeah, it's confirmed." You we know, were just
0: conspiracy like, theorists.: Just like now,: We're all
1: conspiracy theorists. So <laughs> uh, we do have this next clip here, so let's play this one. Planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like here's, It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, so directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain of function research with the viruses, like. Yeah. Right not? but you do like these like selected directional mutations to try to see if you make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research going about that. I don't know how that's gonna work. There not be any more outbreaks, just like Jesus Christ.
0: Like, why would there not be more outbreaks? Why would he say there better not be anymore? Like, if they're doing that, creating more viruses, mutating it, then
1: you would assume there would be. Yeah, I don't but know. so in case you kind of missed that in there as well, uh, this Jordan Walker fella gets asked. If Pfizer's doing gain of function research, uh, which again would make sense if he just got done telling you we're trying to mutate this virus, then I guess that's a logical next question. Um, but he sort of, I think, skillfully, like a politician, you could say, he claims that it's not gain of function. But I think what he says is even more scary. He says it's not gain of function, but rather directed evolution. That's the claim he makes. Um, And then he talks about like structural changes that are already ongoing from Pfizer. So again, he kind of claims early that "Ah, we're thinking about mutating this virus. And then he presses him on this next question. He goes, well, no, we're not doing gain of function. We're doing directed evolution. Then he says, and it's already ongoing. OK, so you guys are currently doing it. That's what you just said, right? And think how alarming that is to hear from one of these guys say, "Well, no, what me and my coworkers are doing is, we're directing evolution. We're steering the future of the human race. Like these people think they're gods. Yeah. They think they're gods. And oh, but they're man.
0: gods that don't care about anybody, unlike our God. Who does care?
1: No, like they've (sighs) just seen, and again, he highlights in here, the virus probably leaked from a lab because they were doing gain of function research. So he's doing gain of function research on this same virus and doesn't seem to make the connection about, well, it leaked once and ravaged the world. Um, Maybe it'd be dangerous if we did the same thing, but mutated it stronger, you know, um maybe that wouldn't be a good idea. But he kind of makes the point that they're doing this work in preparation to create vaccines for these future mutations. Really, they want to get out in front of it, which is all of what gain of function research is.
0: Isn't this what they do for the flu vaccine? In a There's sense, new strains of the flu every year, but then they have a vaccine for the
1: well, I think what they do with one. the flu vaccine I could be mistaken, but I think they sort of <laughs> Are looking at, I think, don't they use like pigs? Like what sort of flu virus and stuff is going around? And then they try to make a vaccine based off of what's already out there. I don't think that they're mutating it to see. They could be. I don't know. But what he's saying is quite literally what, as far as my layman's brain understands, gain of function is. Is we're trying to mutate this virus to see if we can have it gain a function right jump from animal to human or something like that in hopes that if we see it gain this function we can come up with a solution to it before it gets out in nature
0: then why create it
1: because their hope is that and again this is people who think they're god they go well it's going to happen anyways is that
0: what they're is that what he's saying he's like it's going to mutate so we're going to make it mutate now and have the vaccine because it's going to do it naturally on its own Regardless if we do this or not.
1: That's his sort of, I guess, good guy explanation of it <laughs> is oh, we're just trying to get ahead get ahead of it. You know. We just wanna, I don't you know, know, mutate it just in case it does, we're already prepared but it's for a it. Virus, right? Yes. Like a virus,
0: I thought wasn't I thought I don't know. I hear so many theories about what a virus is. So I don't know.
1: Well, it definitely gives you pause when you're like, boy, I wonder how many of these diseases going around were just man-made, created, you know? Uh, It definitely gives you pause when you hear people talk this way. I mean, you
0: stop and you think about all that God is restraining, all the plans of wicked men that don't happen, that should,
1: except God. think about all the times when people are like, well, how could God allow a child to die of this, that, or the other? And Really, you're like, probably it was man-made, <laughs> given to him, right? Like how many of these diseases and things, cancers and stuff come from, you know, the radiation that we just produced our products, the cigarettes that man-made and gave to everybody and told was healthy. And, you know, the psoriasis of the liver because of the booze we give to people and like, all this sort of <sighs> stuff, and we're shaking our fist at God all the while we're producing the death we're complaining about. Instead, God's like, I, what are you guys what are you doing down there? I mean, I, obviously same, God's not oh saying my what you're doing down there, but you yeah. get my point, right? So one last clip here from the uh, the venerable gentleman, Jordan Walker. Let's see what this last clip is. Door for all government officials it's pretty good for the industry to be honest yeah <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in america your... why is it bad for everybody else because if the regulators so have approve our drugs you know that once they stop being regulator, they want to go work for the company they're not gonna be as hard for the company they're hearing their job yeah that was an eye-opening clip i think because uh, in this short little clip jordan essentially sums up how we've gotten into the mess with these vaccines and really why it continues to progress the way that it does in this nation. You know, he talks in there basically that these government officials are in bed with big pharma and you could very easily extend that into big tech. We've seen that with the Twitter files, the military industrial complex, which he in fact even makes that very connection in this video, you know, kind of government officials just greenlighting whatever these billion dollar corporations want because they know that they're going to get these nice paying jobs. Once they leave their government positions, like the very people that are supposed to be there as our safeguards have just given those safeguards away for the hope of a bigger payday. Once they leave their job, like this is fascism, like the private part or like private public partnerships to sort of rule over the populace for their own gain. Like this is what fascism is. And he's explaining like, well, yeah, fascism's alive and well right now. And, and he
0: represents all um, of them.
1: No, the kind of he says in he there that it's good for them. And he makes the point, yeah. oh, it's bad for everybody else, but it's good for us. And the guy says, well, why is it bad for everyone else? And he's like, I mean, I think he's paraphrasing, but he says, well, because all the people that are supposed to be like reviewing us for, you know, our again, these safeguards, they don't really look at them that harshly because they want their jobs when they leave the government. That should have everybody in Congress, in the FBI, the DOJ alarms should be going off. But you would have to assume How much of them are waiting for their own, you know, golden parachute when they leave their job?
0: And this is just sad because, you know, people aren't going to hear about this Uh, or they do. They just sweep it under the rug. It's like stuff comes out. The truth comes out. And nothing's done.
1: Well, and that's why, I mean, things better be done. And, you know, fortunately, there's at least one politician in this world that seems to have a spine Uh, Thankfully, he's our great governor, Ron DeSantis, who's actually taking Pfizer and Moderna to court. They're, you know, they're taking them to court in front of a grand jury to figure out these false claims. And I hope that this is played on repeat in their, uh, in their hearings. Like, we know what you guys, because, like, just think about what he said. Pfizer, these billion dollar companies are just buying their politicians. So they know that they're not going to get any strict scrutiny. So if Pfizer, you know, says it, whatever it happens to be, then the government officials are going to champion it, regardless of the truth of their claims, right? Because they're not going to be too strict and wind up losing their golden parachute. So if Pfizer comes out and says the vaccine is 95% effective, and that's all they really need to say. And then they put their advertising dollars out. They tell their favorite little politician Hey, you know, you want to make sure you have that job here when you retire. And just so that they can stay in the good graces of these companies, they just go out and push the propaganda. And they seem to be completely okay with that. Even as the data mounts, even as the fear of the populace and the citizenry was at its all-time high, the government officials were completely okay with it. Why? As he just says, Ah, they don't want to give their good job once they leave the government offices. Like, boy, the whole term of public servant is dead in this country. We should have a new term just called self-servants. Uh, let's elect our next self-servant who will, you know, spend all of his time in Congress and in these, you know, departments in the executive branch just padding his own life and preparing himself for future gain once he leaves office and the rest of us can just deal with the consequences there's still going to be those people who
0: say trust the science
1: trust the science we've said that i mean and this is a shame because i don't think even as bad as say industries like the teaching industry and stuff like that you know we talked about the sort of Gender indoctrination going on there. Nobody's taking it on the chin like the medical and science industries. Although, what do they care? Right? Because where else are you going to go? They're going to scare you into a tizzy for the next, you know, wonder pill, wonder shot, you know, the magic power of vaccines. And you're going to line up and take it. Because what else are you going to do? You're going to be a kook. You're going to be one of them crazy conspiracy theories that goes, didn't they just lie to us last time? Why would I assume they're telling me the truth now? Uh, you don't want to be one of those crazy conspiracy theorists. People might make fun of you.
0: I don't think the truth is ever going to be told in the media. I don't see how that's ever going to happen. Is there going to come a day where we're going to hear truth again?
1: <laughs> I mean, there are there are outlets. You know, the problem is finding them, but then also being aware enough to not get sucked into your own, you know, sort of fishbowl. Because then right. you're liable to fall into their mm-hmm. propaganda, That's right? That's true. That's true. Um, you know, that story just came out this week with, uh, you probably didn't hear, it, but Stephen Crowder and the Daily Wire. You know, we like the Daily Wire. We've watched their movies and, and the, you know, the article kind of came out that Crowder sort of caught them making the point that like, hey, we care more about making money than actually fighting the good fight. So if you're going to take too strong of a stand and that causes us to lose money, you're going to be docked for that. So even the guys we like, again, if you get sucked too far into that fishbowl, you're liable to just become, you know, subject to their propaganda. So it is hard, but, you know, that's why on this show we've maintained, I think since day one, right? Uh, If you hear something, and we just said it earlier, in the mainstream media from a politician, you have to assume it's a lie. You have to go into it going, that's not true. Let me look into it myself. Because their MO is the same, right? They're completely happy to fill you full of fear and then pump you full of, I mean, especially in this case, right? Fill you full of fear and then pump you full of this ineffective, potentially dangerous serum, if you will. And as he makes the case in here, all for profit. Because he says in this video later on that COVID is a cash cow. And he makes the point that it's gonna be a cash cow going forward, Especially if they're able to make these vaccines ahead of the mutations. So they just got years worth of sucking billions of dollars out of the global economy. And it's scary because if that's no the one's plan? gonna tell you the truth about it.
0: How many more people are gonna take more? Yeah. It's it's not good.
1: Yeah. So there you go. I mean, at least with this story, right? You have the information. This video is out there. It's in our show notes. You can go give it a listen for yourself. More is most certainly going to come out from this, I would imagine. So we see the maniacs for who they are. (laughs) It's right out there in your face, right? So now the question is, are you just going to stick your head back in the sand, try to forget about it? I think many will, unfortunately. Um, But I think now (laughs) might be time for a little bit of that righteous table flipping that we see Mm -hmm. from Jesus. Um, because these people did everything to ruin your way of life. I mean, if you're one of those small business owners that had your business ruined, if you were one of those that were forced against your better judgment or, you know, against your convictions, but you went and got the shots and heaven forbid you had the adverse side effects, uh, all these sort of, these same people that told you, you couldn't go see your loved ones when they were in the hospital, dying alone. You couldn't go. I mean, think about that. So, you know, and I will just say to be clear here we're certainly not calling for anything of violence. Christians, we are not to riot. (laughs) We're not rioters. We don't revolt in that sense, but we do use our freedoms to affect change in a more righteous way, into a more righteous path. So we do this by confronting liars with the truth. We do it by living by faith and not by fear. And we do this unabashedly where your faith is bright as they wear that pride flag, <laughs> you know, shove it in their face. Every time you see them, let them know, right. That's how we confront it. That's how we flip tables using our rights to defend our rights. Um, and then ultimately at the end of the day, if our judicial system has any teeth, I think there'd be some pretty serious, serious penalties coming to these people. Um Long prison sentences um, or worse, depending on what they find there and i 'm completely comfortable with that. Give them a final meal, ask them to repent for their sins, and send them to meet their maker um because I think the way that they 've ruined lives, and we 're just looking at america i mean it you talk about places like Australia, I mean worse yeah. there than it was even here, so there needs to be some reckoning for this, or else. There is no reason to stop. And the information's there now. So and then
0: it's just it all comes down to the love of money, the root of all kinds of evil.
1: It is the love of money. And they just told you, yeah, we're making buckets of it. So why would we ever stop? So do you have any last thoughts on anything we talked about with the news today? Any final shots here with the news before we roll into our Bible topic?
0: No, let's get out of the murky swamp.
1: Let's get out of the murky swamp. You guys know we like to end talking about something um, biblical here. And we've been working our way through our assurances of salvation. We have 10 assurances of salvation and we get them all from the book. First John, if you've missed our previous episodes, you can go back and find those. Um, We've also gone through our road to salvation sort of looking at how you get saved, and then how do you know you're saved? So this is point number nine on our road to salvation. And do you want to read it, honey?
0: First uh, John 3, 6, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Yeah, this right here, this speaks against the false gospel called once saved, always saved, or what Bonhoeffer calls cheap grace, and this is why we're going over First John. Our salvation doesn't happen because we said a prayer and look back to that prayer as our assurance of salvation, uh, as those in this false gospel do. And I was once one of them. My assurance was held in my prayer. Um, I had no fear of the Lord. Uh, because I could live in sin and still get to heaven. I said the prayer. But however, if you are truly saved, you will not desire to live in sin. You have the Holy Spirit in you to convict you of sin and sanctify you, to make you more holy or set apart from the world,
1: Yeah. So like she mentioned, you know, you're going to read through the book of first John or listen to these episodes. And one point that you will not find as an assurance of salvation is I said a prayer that one time, uh, that is not in here. So like he says, no one who abides in him keeps sinning. Now this doesn't mean sin goes away entirely. We all sin. Um, but sort of What Nikki's saying, we should have sorrow over our sin and that should drive us to a place of repentance. And over the course of our lives, as we're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit, those sins should become less. You know, we should be leaving, you know, some of those sins behind. It shouldn't look the exact same when you get saved as it does 25 years down the road. You should be seeing some spiritual progression, some sanctification taking place. Um, so that's one of our assurances, right? You should not love your sin and you shouldn't make excuses for it. Right. Um, and neither should you make sin a lifestyle. You know, we deal with this so much in the jail when we talk to these guys that, you know, it's great. You say you love Jesus, you know, but we keep seeing you in here for the same thing. You've been in and out of jail for 30 years. Like, where is the spiritual growth, man? We got to start seeing it or we should start being concerned again. Not judging an eternal soul, but we're looking at the fruit and saying, brother, you ain't seen any growth in 10 years. So what are we doing here? Um, Yeah, you you don't want to lie
0: people. Like you just, they need to hear the gospel again. Um, You can't just assume. It's wrong to assume they're saved if you don't see fruit. There's nothing wrong with thinking they might not be. Um, So you know, it's loving to share the gospel with them again. And, um, I feel like I was like that. I mean, for years, I, um, I think I just felt like I was, I was secure and I wasn't. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that God put people in my life that pointed me to the scriptures (laughs) and made me, um, rethink, uh, my salvation and what it was grounded in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home my entire life from the time I was born, but looking back at my life, I don't think I was a Christian until my mid-20s. I mean, when I look back at my lifestyle and my regret and hatred for sin and really started on the road of sanctification, it's hard for me to justify that really before my <laughs> mid-20s I was even saved. Um, I know. But this is a problem, and I think a huge problem in our church today And we really need to guard against it in our own lives. And we need to speak truth um, about this and against it when we see it in others' lives, like we mentioned with the jail here. Again, I don't go to these guys and go, you ain't saved and you're going to hell. But it's like, hey, man, you need to look at yourself. You need to look at these sins and really consider is, you know, if Christ died to break the power of sin in our life, if you're not overcoming sin, you ought to consider that, right? Like, do
0: you? what's your relationship with sin? Um, I know I just saw, like, a, a post about that today. Um, and it was about your relationship with Jesus. And he says, no, what's your relationship with sin? And that's really, um, that's what changes. Uh, you don't love it, enjoy it like you used to. Um, like I said, the Holy Spirit will convict you and you won't be able to, your flesh always enjoys, but you will not enjoy it fully without sorrow, um, over your sin. So that's a question to ask. What's yeah. the relationship with your sin? Um, do you still sin? Do you love it or do you hate it when you do it and you regret it?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. Cause I think a lot of people, they've really, decided to kind of just maintain their sins. Um, And I think some people even go to the extent of reading their sins out of the Bible. You know, uh, homosexuality, for example, is one of these that we see. You see that argument of, well, Jesus never said homosexual. And we've even seen recently abortion is becoming one of these arguments. You know, the Bible doesn't speak on abortion, or they even try to read it into certain passages in the Bible. But even mm-hmm. other things, you know, like debt or unrighteous gain of wealth, people just, ah eh, it doesn't really pertain anymore. I can live my entire life in, you know, crushing debt. And that's all right. Instead of going, and the Bible says I, I shouldn't be living as a debtor, That you know? Yeah. But we'll just overlook all that, right? And we shouldn't be doing these things. um, All these things that we see sort of being read into scripture, rather than letting scripture guide our lives and guiding the decisions that we make, we got to be aware of, um, starting first and foremost with ourselves, getting that plank out of our own eye. You know, you can't go up to your, to your brother or sister and be like, living a lifestyle of debt is a sin. And they're like, didn't you just like file bankruptcy yesterday? Cause you were so far in debt. Yeah. That's probably not the argument to have there. Maybe Get the plank out of your own eye right before you go. But we should be actively trying to do that. Um, so these sins, as I think First John is telling us, should be leading us to a place of guilt and shame that brings us to repentance and then ultimately turning from that sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit is good at what he does. Mm-hmm. His job is to sanctify you, and he's very good at it. So if your life is not being sanctified, it's not because the Holy Spirit stinks at what he does. It's probably because he's not in you yet. So that would be a concern. So something to consider. First John chapter three, verse six says, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or knows him. So. Do you have any last thoughts on our bible topic, our news topic before we roll into our sermon recommendation?
0: Just encourage you guys. I know we go over little parts of 1 John. Um go read it all. Um I read it again today.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's long good. book, 5 chapters I think. Yeah. So go give it a read uh, and let us know. We want to hear from you guys, you know, if you disagree, if you agree, you know, we're open to discussion, you know, we all struggle with friendly, sin, but we don't know everything, like, right?
0: That's the thing. If there's no struggle, that's bad. If you struggle, that means you're fighting against it. Don't, don't think you're not saved. The struggle is a good thing.
1: Right. So. And that's one of the points we try to make to the guys in jail, you know, cause they, you know, they'll, tell us how they're broken up about it. And I can't beat this and I'm fighting like, be thankful that you're at this point where you're like, I know I should be beating it, but I can't help. Like that's a good spot to be in, you know, rather than just being like, well, you know, I love meth. Who am I to say I shouldn't love meth? Like that's not a good spot to be in, but when you're broken up about it, even if you haven't seen the victory, I think that's a, a step down the right path, at least in my opinion. So Please, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, While you're leaving us comments, why don't you take a few seconds to leave us a like, subscribe to the show if you haven't, leave us a nice review. Um, And if we really did a bang up job, go ahead and consider supporting the show. We have links down there. We have affiliate links. So the Homegrown School kind of online conference is an affiliate link. We got affiliate links to christianbooks.com, you know, Best Buy to help us provide for the podcasting stuff. All those sorts of things don't cost you anything, but help the show a little bit. So we would certainly appreciate it. But all right, our sermon recommendation. Last thing here, and it's gonna be a bit um, off, I guess, the track of what we've been discussing today, but I listened to a video by Alan Parr. And it's this video here, Maybe I Was Wrong About Tongues. So Alan Parr, a very popular YouTuber on Christian, I don't dislike the man. I think he's thoughtful. Um, But I think his take on where he goes with tongues here, it's a good discussion point, um, because he does dive into the scripture and tries to explain his new understanding on the gift of tongues. So it's only about a 20 minute video, but I thought it was good. You know, Alan Parr is He's good. He's thoughtfully explains really well. And the videos are just good. So consider giving that a listen. And then we'd love to know what you guys think about the gift of tongues, spiritual gifts, anything in the Christian faith. We'd love to discuss that stuff with you. Um, But that is all we have for today. We'll be back on Monday, walking back through the book of Luke. We're in Luke chapter 19, I believe. And then next Saturday we'll be back with our final assurance of salvation, discussing what's going on in the news as well. And then after that, uh, as we mentioned before, I believe our plan is going to be start discussing sin. So we have a book we're going to use to discuss that called Knowing Sin, and we're going to kind of use that as the discussion starter for our Bible topics in two weeks from now. So uh that sounds interesting again like subscribe come back and see us we'd be blessed but that is all we have god bless